ahead. He's coming out two on one with an empty net. Schwartz ahead. All alone. It's Keller. Hot trick. Arizona. Now a three goal lead. Four to one Coyotes. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Here we go. Five o'clock hour. VGK talk coming up here in just a couple minutes. Mixed weekend. Uneven season continues, although now they're dealing with some major injuries. Ari's here. It's Cofield. The company is one Adam Hill. If you didn't know, Adam is now the reigning Nevada sports writer of the year. Got a lot of votes for Nevada broadcaster of the year. Boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be a, a hoot. Clean sweep. If he had won both. More on the Buffalo Bills. We'll give Adam his day as he was crowing earlier about Josh and the guys coming up short. Also, towards the end of the hour, a little recap of what's going on right now with the running Rebels. Man, social media the last two days was buzzing. Probably more so than when they started out unbeaten. But that's what happens, right? Sure. In this town, people are very intense about the Rebels, and the unhappy folks are just kind of waiting. I will say, I saw a bunch of hot seat stuff for Kevin Kruger. At least some discussion of it. And from media people. <laughs> and I went out to media availability today. I mean, it really was a hot topic. You know, it's not bigger than the NFL, but in, in Vegas, it was a pretty hot topic. How the Rebels are struggling. And problems with the program. And hell, last week, there was another, like, 50-post thread about Dave Rice. And, and, you know, CDR losing his job. Like, people have long memories here. They had media availability today, and I saw a lot of media comments from people on where the program is now and questions for Kevin Kruger. There were four media people there this morning. Where is everyone? One radio person, two newspaper, one TV. Where is everyone? There's a, there's a lot of things going on. I, I've noticed. I, I mean, I get it. There was a. I get it. But but it, but you 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 saw it, right? There was a lot of chirping this weekend. People are sure, and people you can have opinions. Listen, they're not they're not playing well right now. They've got to make some adjustments. I was just shocked. Like, just why don't you ask the coach yourself? Just go out there. Sure, I mean, that clearly could happen. I mean, there's a lot of media availabilities with a lot of teams now that nobody's at. There's one team in this town. That's it. Like that's then that's the reality of the situation. Um, I I know there was some media availabilities I did last week where I was the only person there. So it's uh Was that XFL? Uh did you I, get out to one of the XFLs or was that a uh I think there was was there a video availability well, mostly, on Thursday? A lot of zooms. Yeah. A lot of zooms. Yeah. I wasn't around on Friday. I wanted to go to the XFL, so but I was I. in I was in Fresno, so we'll get out there. Um so a lot of stuff coming up here on the five o'clock hour. We'll continue on the National Football League, a little more on the Raiders. So as of now, Jerry Jones hasn't made a move with Mike McCarthy. These are tough situations. Like, you know, I saw people calling for Sean McDermott's head. He's just been too good to go, hey, they fell short in the playoffs. Fire him. That's it's just it's a ridiculous notion. I would never fire Mike McCarthy just because of that loss yesterday. Or some failings in the last couple of years. Because he has done overall a pretty good job. But the fact that Sean Payton is out there, and we think that's been the dream candidate for a long time 
for Jerry Jones. Did McCarthy have enough gaffes yesterday where you're like, this is the peak. He's just he's just not capable of being a high-level coach. And I know a lot of people want to kill Dak, but there was a lot of stuff in that game where there's small errors, and I just and I know you fought back on me on the the aggression stuff. And I when I talk aggressive, I mean you gotta start when you have a kicking situation too. And thank God, you know, Brett Maher, the first one sucked, and he was going to miss that, yeah. and it got blocked. That's That might be the only time in the history of the NFL where you're like, whew, I'm glad that got blocked. Well, if it was Cause straight. Because you saw the ball go up, and it was it was freaking oblong. There was no rotation. Like, it went up like a knuckleball. Well, it's also, if it was straight, it may not have got blocked. Yeah. It was it was low. It, so, was, like, it, was, it was bad. It was bad. But what, weren't there enough bad. things in the game where you're like, the team doesn't appear at times to be well coached. The organization's not disciplined. So I guess it should be expected that the coach is kind of loosey goosey. But there were just there were too many moments where you're like, bro, you gotta you gotta play third and fourth downs differently. You can't give the you mismanage the clock down the stretch. You can't freaking give the ball back to the Niners. I know it's fourth and ten. I I mean, I guess your defense is good enough to get a stop. You didn't. Multiple times you couldn't get a stop. It's just it's sloppy stuff. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I, I also, the, with some of the mismanagement of clock, you know, ahead of the two-minute warning and stuff, too, I, I feel like uh, I would love to kill him for that, but it feels about 95% of coaches can't manage the clock. Yeah. Well, so, you, you joked early in the game. I kind of I, I jumped on it. You joked about him going forward on fourth down. Yeah. Because he was forced. It takes, a, it takes a kicker being awful – for a coach to realize the proper thing to do on a fourth down, they had. Th- I think it was third and nine. They had third and nine. They got a chunk. They didn't get enough. They shouldn't, you know, try to get a little closer. But they treated it as two down territory, yeah. right? They got they got to fourth and four. Then they got it. Yeah, and, then, like, and like, then Dak think, threw a pick. Think that way. You don't have a kicker, right? And they actually, he actually did make two field goals after that, twenty five, and I think forty three. And I just these opportunities don't come along that often. And they're they're not a great team. They're not as good as the Niners, and they're not as good as the Eagles. When your defense has played that well, you're going against a, fr- a freaking rookie quarterback. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I think. You and, know. And by, by the way, back to last week, Rex Ryan. So did McCarthy disrespect the Bills and the history of the game and other coaches by going for a fourth and four? <laughs> did he regain their respect by then freaking clenching up and not going for any fourth downs? Is that what you want? He did it the right way. I mean. Rex Ryan's Try to win. Uh, yeah, I, all, all those things. But I, I also feel, as much as I think McCarthy's kind of adult and screws up a lot, like they managed the game pretty well. The errors that they had were, like, I think part of it was, hey, we don't think Brock Party's very good. We're, we're not going to need that many points. Just need to win the game. And then Dak, for some reason, throws the ball right to a corner to give up three free points uh, for the for the for the Forty ers and then. When they do go for a fourth down and they make it and they're driving down the field, another really, really bad read and a really bad throw. And that stops them from scoring. So, I mean, t- yes, that game was a lot on Dak to me. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh, while there's a lot of things you can point to with McCarthy and not putting them in the best positions, I think they managed the game fairly well to overcome a lot of their flaws and to overcome the fact that the 49ers defense is great. Brock Purdy, again, wasn't very good, but enough. Did enough, and I think their calculation was Purdy wasn't gonna wasn't gonna get there, and he may not have if Dak didn't choke it up a couple of times and and give them that opportunity. And then how often do you see a team in the situation that the 49ers or the Cowboys were? All right, you're down seven, 
You got the ball. Now's the time to go. And three and out. Nothing. And I, I don't know that that's on McCarthy. Like, they had the ball with a chance against a very, very good 49ers team, and they didn't do anything. I'll also cut McCarthy a bit of a break. I don't want to keep saying break, but they caught a bad break with Tony Pollard, who had his legs now. Oh, yeah, for sure. No question. Because, man, is it just you, you take so many hits as a running back, it just goes. Zeke just has nothing. There's just very little explosion. Well, they tried him at center. <laughs> That's the other problem coming out of the game is Mike McCarthy. It's like the last thing you see of the season becomes an indelible memory of him trying to run this junk play. And I'm, you know, I'm sure they have a lot of trust in fossil as the special teams coach, but once the Niners call a timeout, when you're, when you're, your center is Zeke Elliott, you know, and the quarterback's there and then everyone's split wide, move on to the game plan, you know, trick play number two. And then, and then the way it was executed, it was just like, doink, crushing tackle, game over. Well, it, was so, it was so silly because, I mean, obviously I wanted to see how that played out. What did they do next? What was what was part of the plan? But the the lasting image, not to me, is Dak throwing a pass that immediately just gets tackled, yeah. which what were, where, it was going to be lateral somewhere, I guess, but well, I was going to go. It, the way they set it up, the guys on the right side had to stay on the line, right? Yeah. They're not all decoys. They can leave once the pass is completed, right. but yeah. but they're all so that so then that side of the field you don't have to cover short until there's a completed pass. The threat is only on, I guess, as a defense. You're right. Well, they were going to do something right away. It was a throw, and then I think they would probably run right and throw a lateral, or or maybe even run to the left and then lateral back behind those guys and set okay. up a wall, like almost a, a, a right. music, you know, music city miracle. Yeah, it's probably a good throwback. play. It's probably going to be fun. It's probably but a good the, play. The last thing it was to me, obviously, is the guy getting tackled right away and like, wait, what? What was that? Because it looks so <laughs> dumb. But the real lasting image is Zeke just getting blown up. Like he snaps the ball and then just gets completely destroyed at the line of scrimmage. Like if he was part of the play, he wasn't going to be make anything happen because he got blown up at the line. Well, you remember back to when he signed the deal. And by, by the way, just yeah. real quick, I'm sure that's what was talked about in the timeout of hey Zeke at center is going to be a part of this play somehow, which probably was going to be to go Destroying. run back behind that wall and then have a throwback to him behind that wall. I imagine uh, of some sort. And the Niners in the timeout were like. Clearly, if he's playing center, there's something. Just take him out of the play. And that's what they did. Going back to Zeke, what is his contract? I just I just remember like all talk- more years. Like I just remember million. all talking about that deal and just like what what are you doing? Well that's Cowboys. That's their that's their GM, 80 year old Jerry Jones. Yep. It was a six year ninety million dollar deal when it was signed. What's left? Uh he becomes an unrestricted free agent after the twenty twenty six season. Stop. Yeah. I think there's a potential out. The dead cap will go down significantly after 2023. So they have at least one more year, and then if they got rid of them, then 2024 would be a $6 million hit. Yeah. And, well, the, the terrible part for Pollard, do you, is everyone going to negotiate the same way they were going to negotiate before he snapped his leg? Probably not. But he's going to get enough money. They can't keep him. I would imagine. No, they can't. Especially when you're paying Zeke another, 
what, 10 next year, 14 against the against the cap next year? If Josh Jacobs gets an offer of 15 mil a year and you could get Pollard off a snapped leg, and it was his lower leg, I think, above the ankle, and you could get Tony Pollard for like eight a year. Yes. You would take him. The, I, the, I don't think the Raiders would do that. Maybe not. If they get rid of Jacob or Jacobs goes, they're going to go bargain basement and piece it together. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably that's probably part of the Poor plan. Poor Tony Pollard. Pollard. A, but I, I do break. feel putting the doctor hat on for a second. Okay. Broken bones actually tend to heal fairly well. Okay. More than ligaments and that sort of thing. There you go. Doc Hill. Yeah. Nevada doctor of the year. <laughs> All right, Doc. Diagnose this weekend for the Golden Knights. First of all, I love I I love is there only one team in the league where you're like, Vegas flew? Oh. I mean, it, it's five years ago now. What what were the Caps doing? Oh, they came here to party. They came here early. They left late. Kuzi played? Sure. Kuznetsov? Sure. Played? Sure. Denovi? Well. They had a good time. I've heard you say they, they enjoy Vegas. They do. They love yes. it. They, well, and it's also, it, it's where they won their title. You never they forget. Love, they love you coming out You never forget your first. Sure. They love you always want to relive it. Absolutely. So few of us are able to do it. Relive that first. Yeah, why not? Did they, up. did they leave right after the game? No, they didn't. <laughs> so that wasn't like a real solemn flight home? Everyone down in the dumps? That was a flight to Denver. We gotta we gotta drown our sorrows. Oh, half the team wants to go. Yep, you go ahead. We'll meet you up there. <laughs> no, they no I, nobody wanted to go. I don't know. If, I don't no, know. Nobody wanted went. to go. They came yeah. here early. They got they left late. They were uh, they were having a good time. And look to, to the Knights' credit, they took advantage of it. Like yeah. they jumped all over them early and often. And uh, it was uh, not not the best effort by the Cats. But if you remember back to year one, even before they won the title here, back to year one, I think they were the, one of the most affected Vegas flu teams in the league. Uh, it was one of the one of the most one of the poorest efforts I've seen. Oh, Boston too. Uh, back in the day, Boston was struggling. Uh, but the Caps year one, uh, when they played the regular season game here, I think it was a mess. Uh, they enjoy themselves, and I think that's that's fair. Why not? It's one game on the schedule. Go ahead and live it up. All right, the bounce back. Phoenix. Not so good. Not good. But then the the Knights went straight to Mill Ave right after the game. I don't know that they went out and party, but they they left right after the game to go down there. That's what they're supposed to do is a back to back. It's the game's in Tempe now. They they stay right on on Mill Ave and Tempe. I haven't been down there in a while. It's a good time. Not Super Bowl. It's a good time. Long ride though. If you're staying in Glendale, yeah, it is. I don't think the Knights went down and party. I think they just the injuries are really affecting them right now for sure. And you expect. I know he was called out the other day, but Jack Eichel, you expect him to kind of carry things a little bit and. Uh, it's not happening right now for him. And I know he's taking a lot of a lot of heat, but I, I know nobody wants to break out of it more than he does. Uh, so the Knights now, after that home game, they finally get that win at the end of the ro- of the home stand. And now, uh, between the All Star break and the the bye week that's coming up, uh, the Knights do not have another home game for three weeks, which maybe will be good. They've played better on the road anyway. It's good, uh, you know, good to have guys come together, some camaraderie, and uh, maybe regroup. 
going into uh, the second half of the season. Five o'clock hour today is our goodie bag hour, prize hour. Time to give away two tickets to WWE SmackDown. Friday, March 24. Tickets are on sale at AXS.com. MGM Grand Garden, all the big stars of the uh, WWE are here for SmackDown. Again, Friday, March 24th. Grab your own tickets. We've got two right now. Ari's got a pair for you. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Wednesdays, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. You play to win. Our goal is to win a Super Bowl, a World Championship, and we didn't accomplish that. So everything that happened this season is kind of null and void in our minds, and it sucks. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Josh Allen disappointed after losing this weekend, coming up short again, smiling gentleman across the way, one Adam Hill. You declared earlier that Joe Burrow has moved ahead of Josh Allen, if you're looking at the QB pecking order. Who's, who's, I mean, I didn't think it was a controversial statement. These QB discussions happen. We're not a show that does it a lot. But Allen has dropped down. Very interesting points earlier by John Von Tobel just talking about, I'm not going to call it reckless, but unbridled aggression that may have cost Josh Allen a lot this year with the average depth of target. What? Because what he was saying is it too deep. Like what's the what's the the happy area? Like what's terrible and then what's the happy area? What's the being responsible and productive area? Well, I think it depends on on the game. I mean, it depends on what the defense is doing. It could depend on the weather. Sure. Which, if if you've got an average depth of target that's hyper-aggressive in the snow. And and I'm all for pushing the ball downfield. I think there's guys, you know, there's games where you see Justin Herbert at like three. Like, what what are you doing? You know what? I was thinking that when Von Tobel was talking about Josh Allen, you know, 11-1, yards, 16 yards in a game, 14 yards in a game, uh, average depth of target. I was like, wow, combine Josh Allen with Herbert and you have the perfect quarterback. Because I don't know if it was Herbert this year, which I I think he's taken way too little blame. And the fall guy turns out to be Joe Lombardi, who I did think was not qualified to have the job in the first place. I don't understand why he got the job. Could be Lombardi. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you said, depending on the game, if if you're 16 yards down the field on your average, seems like you're pushing it a little too much. Yeah, I, I would think so. And I think that was that was reflected. It was. It's not just like pushing the ball downfield is good for the most part. I like that. Uh, but in certain cases, and you saw it, I think, with the last couple of weeks, as John mentioned, it was the last five weeks. But it was it creates more pressure. Obviously, you're going to be pressured more if you're just standing back and trying to throw the ball all the way downfield because it takes more time for those routes to develop. Uh, you're also going to lead maybe to more turnovers because you're getting hit more, you're getting your arm hit more, uh, you're getting sacked more, uh, you're throwing the ball downfield more, so more more interceptions. All those things are going to happen, uh, potentially. And you're, you are putting your offense in a, in a tougher spot. So you've got to find the medium. you got to, you know, you don't want to check down every time. You don't want to throw the ball downfield every time. Um, and it, it makes it easier to cover if you're not taking shots short. I mean, you, you can just kind of vacate that part of the zone if you're playing zone. So there's all those different things that can go into it. And yesterday you couldn't really play zone because the field was so slippery. You can't, you know, 
stand in a, in one place and try to get going, try to cover. So there was a lot more man yesterday, uh, but just way too more push, way too much of pushing ball downfield. And that's to me, that's on him. Like it's not like there's nothing designed short. He's just not taking it. And and uh, again, I I mentioned I think it was Orlovsky that did the breakdown of what you do to defend Josh Allen, and it's first down. You just make him try to throw short because he won't. And so you just put everybody back, make him try to take a shot because he still will, and don't take it short. And then second down, you just make sure he doesn't escape right because that's all he wants to do on second down. And then third down, you try to filter to certain spots on the field and try to take advantage of it. And he said the formula is absolutely, absolutely there to neutralize him, and the Bengals followed it. Could Stephon Diggs be the first receiver in history who's yelling at his quarterback, <laughs> throw it short? <laughs> I don't think it's throw it to me. Uh, but somebody, I understand that. Somebody put together a compilation yesterday of all the times Stephon Diggs was open and just either got thrown way over his head or way short or, you know, not even thrown to him. Diggs reacted by uh, right after the game, grabbing all his stuff and just trying to leave the stadium before the coaches even addressed the team. Uh, Duke Johnson had to grab Diggs and say, calm down, bro. Stick around for a few more minutes. He didn't stay around much longer. Uh, he, uh, after the game, Sean McDermott, head coach of the Bills, was asked about Diggs being a baby. This is not the way it was delivered to McDermott, but Diggs being a baby and trying to leave early. That's what makes him good is, is what you saw. Is he's very competitive, like we all are. Uh, we work extremely hard at these jobs to, to, to be the best we can possibly be, and it hurts. And, um, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't want a guy that it, it doesn't hurt, right? So... He put it all on the line out there. We put it all on the line, and tonight it wasn't good enough. I like that McDermott's back in his guy. Shows that he cares. What if the whole team left? They just care. They all care. I mean, you get you got to back your guys. I'm not expecting Sean McDermott to freaking ether Stephon Diggs for being a baby. Losing sucks. It does. There's no I'm question. not saying I you know I'd react the same way probably. <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, why, why do you want to stick around? And again, he was dragged back. Drag is probably the strong word, but apparently a bunch of players, including Duke Johnson, uh, kind of chased him down and said, yes. get back in there uh, and, and go back in. But he clearly was angry. He clearly was upset. His target was obviously uh, the quarterback, and those things happen. And as much as they are tight, and we've seen a lot between them in terms of uh, you know the, the love that they've shown each other over the, over the years, the last couple of weeks hasn't been pretty. And that was not an isolated incident yesterday. Stephon Diggs has grown frustrated with a lot of the same things that we're talking about. And and that's that's fairly clear. So um, I, I think there's a lot of work to do this offseason for them. There's a lot of things to figure out in terms of restructuring some deals because right now they're already over the cap and they're clearly not good enough. So there's a lot of work to do for this team. And I'm sure the frustration is setting in because they thought this was their chance. This was the year before Josh Allen's salary cap issues really kick in. Uh, for them, and they didn't take advantage of it. GM for the Bills is uh, Brandon Bean. Yeah. So between Bean and Veach in Kansas City, Bengals coming up, Chargers coming up with Telesco, they've all got the guy they want, right? They've got an elite, you know, top 10 quarterback. Now the challenge is the next four years is everyone gets paid. Who does the best job scouting for cheaper players? Guys at the end of their careers on the cheap, replenishing with the draft. Like you got to kick ass when you're going to pay your quarterback forty five to who knows, who knows what the next deal is. Yeah, who knows? And to well, your the, point, well, the Derek Carr deal is going to reset the market well, to fifty five million, according to some people. I guess the funny thing is, you've got Rodgers at what about fifty two million dollars. 
Herbert is on a team with one of the all-time cheapos in the history of the National Football League with Dean Spanos, and you mentioned earlier, Burrow and the Browns, not those Browns, the Brown family. Yeah. Their hand's going to be forced at this point. Like they have to, you have to top the last big deal? Well, I think so. But I mean, their hands will be forced. Unless unless Burrow's the one that said, look, I'd I'd rather, as you said earlier, do you want to be at a contender or do you want to make money? Like you, that's what you were talking about earlier with Carr. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you're Burrow, do you say, all right, I'll take 45 so you can actually have some flexibility if you spend no. it? Or do you not, or do you say, I'm going to get as much money as I possibly can? I would probably go with as much money. And by the way, the cap is going to go up. So some of these deals aren't going to be as restrictive uh, as we think they are in four or five years. So there's a lot of moving pieces here uh, with some of these contracts. 364-1100, Time to give away a, another prize. This is a really good one. Really good event. Be a fun football game. There'll be a bunch of future NFL players, maybe like Brock Purdy. It's the East-West Shrine game, which is going down here. Man, it's right around the corner. Time's flying. Next Thursday, East-West Shrine is in town. They practice all week, and then they play a Thursday game, 530 at Allegiant. It's a really good cause, and it'll be a, a good game out there. We've got a VIP uh, additional prize that you'll qualify for. Ari will tell you about that, but we've got two tickets. College Football East-West Shrine Bowl coming up on Thursday, February 2nd. Grab your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Ari's got a pair of tickets for you right now. Three, six, four, eleven hundred. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. You got to protect him in the pocket because he can't move, guys. He's not going to do those boots and those rolls where he's getting out on the edge. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think Andy's going to mess with him there. But you got to protect him down in the pocket. You might have to bring a, you know, add an extra guy to make sure that they bring some pressure. You got him protected because he can't move. He can't get out of the way. So he can't create plays. But they got enough in their offense. They'll be fine. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. That's Herm Edwards. Now with ESPN again, former Chiefs coach, former Jets coach, former Giant, check that, Eagles player. Miracle at the Meadowlands. He was on the other side, Larry Zonka, fumbling the ball. So, well, I was glad we got some clarity at the end there that he was Mahomes. He was talking about, like, they'll be fine with Mahomes. They're just going to have to adjust their game. Is it safe to assume he's going to be like 80%? That looked pretty bad. What would the number be if they announce, we find out it's Chad Henney? What happens to the number then? Right now, Cincinnati's a one-point favorite. I saw two and a half just a little bit ago. Oh, you uh, did? Yeah, I would say it's moving back and forth a little bit. but uh, no, That's a lot of bit. Well, up to three is really the same. Um, I would say seven and a half. Really? I think so. So is this the ultimate let's build it into the number in case or let's build it into the number because we know Mahomes is going to be like 80%? I think they're they're factoring him at about 50%, 60% uh, probably in, in this spot because the Chiefs would be favored if Mahomes was fully healthy for sure. And it's clear that he's not and he wasn't. And, and look, a lot of the – if you watch the game, it, it's not just, you know, he can drop back and throw – but he can't really set his feet. There was a couple of throws to the outside where he, you know, he just tried to throw on the third step on his drop back, plant his foot and go, and it just didn't. He couldn't plant it and throw. 
there was a couple spots where he clearly tried to step up in the pocket and just could not do that. Certainly running is almost out of the question. If when he did, it was, you know, hey, if it's a, you need three yards, all right, I'm going to get three yards and go down, but it's really just kind of hobbling there. Uh, but even the thing that I thought is there was times when late in the game you wanted to hand off and you know, maybe run a little bit of clock and they weren't really doing it because he couldn't he couldn't stretch out like the the th- third step of the stretch on the handoff he couldn't get there like that's a huge factor those are things you don't even think about but we're pretty clear they had to change some of their game plan because he couldn't hand the ball off because he couldn't drop quickly enough and and get his feet set in the right spot and that's it was just it was tough to watch somehow they won the game which is uh, just a, a remarkable achievement in that spot but uh, there's a lot of you know a lot of concern, a lot of question marks. Now they get lucky that they have the extra day. Yeah, they played Saturday instead of Sunday. I don't know how much one day is going to do, but um, they're going to get there, and I'm sure they're going to give them some injections and have it feeling a little bit better by by Sunday. But and that's that's the biggest storyline of this week. There's no question. Of course, the drop off is ridiculous, and hey, they made the choice. This is you know now multiple years they've had Chad Henney as the backup. Quarterbacks get hurt. I thought Burrow was a little in jeopardy yesterday. He went down hard. He got his leg rolled into, and he stayed down for a second. I'm like, oh. You know, as you're watching him stand up, you're like, that first step on the leg that got rolled, you're like, no, please. Let's not have Burrow and Mahomes injured going into the AFC title How game. fun would that be, though? Be horrendous. I think it'd be great. Why would that be fun? I'd love to watch a game like that. What if, they could, like, what if the winner couldn't recover for the Super Bowl either? Well, let's, Two weeks later. Let's just see who... Let's see who can game plan better, who can just fight their way through better. The Brandon Allen versus Chad Henney matchup would be fantastic. Oh my God. It's a nightmare for the National Football League. I, I think it would be good. I think it would be fun to watch. I mean, I don't, yeah, I would think you're right. I don't think the average person would be thrilled about it. And far enough to watch it, I would. Who's more qualified to give diagnosis on quarterback injuries, Doc Hill or Dr. Romo? Probably, probably me, and I'm zero qualified. We've done a lot of research. Sure. You stayed at a Holiday Inn, and you also did a big tour sure. of the Al and I got did. all the concussion protocols. So now you, th- you – Not just I, concussion well, protocols. Folks, I've actually seen Adam walk around at times with a – can we say it? I can't even do the joke because I, I hate saying it. What? I'm not going to curse. He went for the dump button. Now the, uh, the, the thethoscope. Thethoscope. Thethoscope? Thethoscope. Sure. Uh, no, it wasn't just a concussion protocol. I went to the – you know, where they do the x-rays to where... I heard you ran an MRI. You, like, got someone on the machine. You're like, I'll do this. I did. Well, I feel like after the last week, I could probably do That's that. a good point, actually. Unfortunately, I've had some, uh, some bad sure. run with it. Um, but, but I just wanted to read what Romo said. Romo was actually basing it on when he had some issues. He said it's challenging because when I did it, I wasn't able to actually play the next week. In other words, you can't walk. Uh, you can play day of. So when it happened yesterday, he was talking about this uh, today, um... Well, hey, he's going to play today, tape it up. They're going to go out there. Adrenaline's going to kick in. He's going to be fine. But the next day, he's not going to be able to do anything. Uh, he's going to be almost be on crutches on Wednesday. So I don't know what kind of guess he's making there or that he actually had sources with the Chiefs where they're like, he's jacked. Well, I mean, you can tell he's jacked. <laughs> like, Have we seen any pictures today of him in, like, walking boots? Or they're they're going to keep him under wraps, I would I, assume. Yeah, I guess today's the day off. Anyway. He doesn't, by the way, he wouldn't have to wear two boots. Walking boot. Well, you got to balance it out. <laughs> yeah. Gotta make sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would imagine he's getting a lot of a lot of treatment and a lot of rest is what what they're trying to do right now, and oh, um, just try to just try to 
maintain it. But yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a massive issue on Sunday. I do. I, I think it's a big part of the game. If you if somebody asked me yesterday what percentage it was a, such an obscure what percentage of health would Mahomes need to be at for you to bet the Chiefs? And I was like, seventy eight. You know what's funny? I, I was thinking 80 because I already bet him. Um, last night I was yeah. like, I think it'll be 80. Based on nothing. Based on nothing. What does that even mean? But it, you know, it was another one of the bets I make where I'm like, if they win, I win. If they lose, I win. Like, I don't want the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl. I don't like most Kansas City people, and I'm friends with them. But screw your happiness. I do, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I, it, and by the way, I was, I was thinking earlier, too, when you were talking about AFC – like powers, like if Lamar resigns and he could stay yep. healthy for a couple of years, like that's another, that's a one. Six. That's another one. That's what the Raiders are facing. <laughs> yeah. Is Lawrence, Herbert, Lamar, Burrow, Josh Allen, he'll recover Adam, Adam Holmes. <laughs> six teams with guys who are like 20, you know, 28 or younger who's gonna who are probably gonna play in the AFC another eight years at least. In the case of Lawrence, it could be 14. In the case of Herbert, it could be 12. Good luck. The daunting task. That's for realignment. Get to the NFC. It'd be great. By the way, I think as an entertainer, when a team pays you or multiple oh. teams pay you in a market, you should have some loyalty. Yeah, yeah. I already had an issue with this. This one goes way back. Um, a big time announcer popped up at a Nevada game. What? A couple of years ago. Okay. No, not that one. Nevada basketball. <laughs> I, I this this is along about. the same lines. Yeah. And I Buff. I freaking crapped a brick with Michael Buffer. Yeah. Because he's done the, what? what's his thing again? Let's rock and roll. What, what do we have to pay to for? Let, uh, let's get ready to rumble. Whatever. We got to pay for that. Um, Sorry. But he, you know, it's like you made all your money here in the boxing capital of the world. And then you've done... At least one UNLV game with the slogan, and then just for any amount of money, you'll go anywhere. Come on, Buffer Brothers. By the way, I've, Bruce has got to know better and tell Mike. Like, you might forget, but you you did this. Like, be loyal to Vegas. So I flipped out then. I know I know where you're going with this, but yes. real quick, I was going to throw yes. a side note. Somebody, uh, I have friends that are getting married coming up soon, and Don't they know. asked. They were Buffer? like, "Which one, Bruce, Bruce or they want yeah. Bruce?" And I was okay. like, "Yeah, he'll do it. <laughs> you got to pay." Oh yeah. What do they think? It was gonna be a favor? No, they were like, what what are the chances he would do it? I was like, he would do it. Yeah, they'll do they'll do anything. Yeah, he would he But would. that's why they're buffer incorporated. They make yeah. money. Yeah. I don't blame them. I do. And I'm kind of tongue in cheek on the loyalty thing, but I mean, we ha- I don't know why we've embraced Lil John for multiple events here. Yeah. And then he's out there yesterday in like like a white Chiefs starter jacket, the Chiefs hat on. Was, I saw people in Raider Nation are like, what are you doing? Not just people in Raider Nation. Max Crosby. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's on. Yeah. Max Crosby wasn't happy. Let's get ready to. I'm not paying for that. Is that right? I didn't see that he called him out. Oh, yeah. He tweeted about it. I was trying to find what the exact tweet was. I like Max. Uh but yeah, he he definitely tweeted about it. he he somebody he saw the picture that somebody tweeted and he kind of responded and said, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's definitely some emojis involved for sure. You're banned. Should be. The ban is on. Yeah, you can't. You, you can't just go to the highest bidder as a fan. 
I think if you're going to have like an unofficial, I don't even, what do you even call it? Like the, the town crier, right? Someone is going to come out and get on the mic every once in a while. I'm, I'm super impressed by uh, Iggy Azalea. Let's have her back a bunch of times. She she did well. She tweeted about it too. She killed she it. Yeah, she went after a, a Raider reporter. But have you have you seen the the work she's done from a physical standpoint? I mean, nice job. And then she does have an OnlyFans page, but I, it's it's all business. How much did you pay a month? I don't know, but there were claims on day one that she had made like five hundred grand on one day, <laughs> and then she shot that down. But she's making money. But a lot of it's like art, you know. Sure. Notice the, the disdain I said there yeah, with no, Bard. Ugh. Max Crosby, by the way, tweeted, uh, yeah, he's cut with three of the uh, dead emojis. Ooh. Yeah. Who has the power on that one? I would does, assume. does Mark Davis step in? And he's like, no, 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 no. I would assume Max. I by like, the way. I, 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 <laughs> Max, I like Little John. It's not just the Raiders. Little John is one of the coaches of the Knights. Wait, what? He's listed as, as a coach. He also appears in the in their nah. promo video teaching teaching the team power play drills. We got real problems here. We got real problems. The whole home environment is jacked. No Lil John, but Iggy's ready to go, I hope. More I push hope so. for her OnlyFans page. We you know, promo. we should also mention Raiders fans shouldn't, but should we savor this weekend at Arrowhead for the AFC championship? Last ever home game? Is it? Is this the last ever home games this weekend? Last ever home games for the championship games? Are they? Did they get? Did they get their beaks wet? And they saw the ticket sales for Atlanta for what was going to be a neutral site game between the Chiefs and the Bills, and go. You know what? We can charge a lot more money, and those season ticket holders. Oh well. Sorry. And that home field advantage you clinch by playing really well in the playoffs. You know what? You get the number one seed and a bye. That's enough. What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to start this next year? I don't know if it'll be next year, but it'll be coming up soon. So this is it? It seems that Another way. year. You play your ass off. You get you get a bye, but home field in the, in the biggest game. Your last chance to really exercise the power of the home field. And now you're going to have to go to a neutral site. My God. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, Adam, what do you think of the Ronald Rebels over the weekend? That should have been a win, considering what Fresno has been this year. Rebels were actually three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. It dropped a little bit. Fresno was also without their leading scorer, their best big man, Isaiah Moore. And, boy, UNLV fell down in the middle of the first half, and then it was mostly a five-to-eight-point game. And then at the end, they missed, you know, three straight shots and gave up some free throws. So it wound up being a 13-point gap. But we've said this a couple times. This was supposed to be, you know, right the ship time. You had 
at Fresno, you're favored there. You're home against Wyoming tomorrow. It's supposed to be a couple of wins, and the losing streak continues now up to four. Yeah, I think that was the the big thing was falling behind and then just not being able to get over the hump. And sometimes that happens in a game where you know you're fighting back and fighting back, and you never get there. And you know it's it kind of draining to not be able to cut into the deficit and not be able to get that lead back. And it seems to be what happened. A couple of times it looked like they were going to be right there, cut it down, maybe one possession, had a had a chance and and didn't get there. And uh, sometimes it's just draining, but it's not not what the team wanted. Not it's not a good loss by any stretch. We talked about some of those games as being. Really, really tough. It wasn't, but I think some of the stress of losing a couple of games kind of wore on them a little bit. It's so crazy to see a, a season like this start out ten and zero right now in a two and seven run, and it seems like they've lost a lot of confidence in some of the stuff they do. Uh, I think there's a couple of players who've lost their confidence from an offensive standpoint, and defensively is a big thing. So they get out to this great non-con start. Now, keep in mind, you're going against teams that don't get to see you and don't get don't really know your personnel, and I think they caught a lot of teams by surprise. They were very good defensively with Elijah Parquet and switching everyone. It's pretty clear the league is now scouting for the switch, and especially when Keyshawn Hall is on the floor, who's a freshman who's 6'7", 250 pounds, Fresno really went at him by basically ISOing on the perimeter, you know, pick-and-roll situations where it's like, hey, you want to switch, you want to leave Keyshawn Hall on our point guard, let's go. And they did that a lot. Um, at the end of the game, they start turning. They started to turn down the switch. And the big, unless it was uh, Vic uh, Iwako, the big was not switching. So I, that's what I expect to see more of. And I think they're going to use multiple looks throughout the game. I don't. They're not going to be a five-man switching defense for the time being. They got to switch. Yeah, but they will at times, and they'll. I'm sorry, but they, they have to change from switching. Yeah, it's not they, like they but they switch. don't. They don't. They're not going to do it all the time. They're gonna. They'll. They'll mix it in because that's what has been successful for them. But you have to disguise it. and You have to make sure the teams aren't fully ready for everything that you're going to do. Like, they, if you allow teams to scout and prepare for you, and then just keep doing the same thing, it's gonna. You know, it's not going to work. So, yeah, I think that they'll mix it up enough to the point where it can be effective again by using it at certain times. And Wyoming's a little different this year because no Graham Ek, so. They're not as post-heavy as they have been. Maldonado is back at 28 years old now. He's a he's a veteran, but good player, and he he can run, you know, in the post even at six seven. And he's traditionally been more of a point guard. But they've got a bunch of guards now, so you're going to see a different Wyoming team. But hey, Wyoming's going through the same thing. They were a top three pick to uh, you know finish well in this conference, and their big man goes down, and then they've just been beat to hell, and they're getting a little healthier though. So. Rebels need to win this one. They got to, and they got to make the the adjustments on the on the uh, switching defense. They've got to adjust to it quickly. There's no reason for this. No. And for people out there, like there's no fight, no talent. Like stop. Where were you when they got out to the ten and zero start? I don't want to hear about the non con being weak. They were playing really good basketball, and they've lost some confidence. And they probably didn't go away from the switching defense early enough, especially as they blended in Keyshawn Hall because he brings a whole different element. While really good on the offensive end and finally gives him a post threat, it just changes your defense. He can't cover all five. Yeah, absolutely. And and they probably weren't as good as they were to start the year, and they're not as bad as they are now. So they're somewhere in between, and they'll find their level. Stick your hand in there, Dave. But I stayed away from the Ed Reed Bethune Cookman story all last week because I, I could see it building. There were a couple of videos with him driving around campus on a golf cart, just annihilating the school. And I'm like, what is he trying to do here? If you've got problems with 
the early parts of your job, wouldn't you just try to get things solved behind the scenes? Or did he reach a breaking point where he's like, I'm just going to shame them into making changes? Because, I mean, I could, couldn't you see this coming? If you're going to destroy your new bosses, eventually they might tell you, you know what, this ain't going to work. Yeah, especially before you even finalized all right. the contract details. Like, like De- Dion doing it, he had a lot of equity and he won a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah, he tried, he tried to be Dion. They tried to make him Dion. He's not Dion. He's a different person. I'm not saying he's not as good or anything like that. I'm just saying they're two different people. And, yeah, this was a marriage that was doomed to fail at some point. It just happened quicker than we thought. And there probably are legit problems, you know, at at Bethune-Cookman. But, you know, the flip side of it is if you want to get into coaching and college coaching, the next boss who looks at you, are they going to be like, oh, yeah, he's going to be a good guy to work with. 